You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, as we said, all the noblemen of the Quraysh, they came out. They were mobilized to go to bed except Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab chickened out. He did not want to go to bed. So he stayed behind. But this was kind of shameful for him. So what what did he do to kind of diffuse the situation and save his face? He hired a man by the name of Al-As ibn Hisham. He basically gave him 4,000 dirhams and he told him go and fight on my behalf. Basically, maybe you could do that. If you give a big sum of money to someone who's going to fight on your behalf, you kind of save your face. Now, some hadith or historical accounts indicate that Al-As ibn Hisham, he was indebted to Abu Lahab 4,000 dirhams. He was in debt. So Abu Lahab told him, do you want me to relieve you from this debt? Go and fight on my behalf, I'll relieve you from that debt. And some accounts also claim or say that the way that he incurred that debt was through gambling. He gambled with, because the Arabs would gamble by the way, Islam came to outlaw that. He gambled with Abu Lahab, he lost 4,000 dirhams, he, you know, he, had, he was indebted to him. So Abu Lahab says, here's a good opportunity, go and fight on my behalf and I'll relieve you from this debt. Now the, the miserable guy, Al-As ibn Hisham, what do you think happened to him at the Battle of Badr? He was killed straight to Jahannam and that did not help him, that 4,000 did not help him. What about Abu Lahab? What happened to him? Abu Lahab, he thought that by staying in Mecca, he'll be safe from the dangers of war. Do you know how many days he lived after bed? A little bit more than that. Seven days. He lived seven days. Basically, in a skirmish, some lady hit him. And then after that, he was struck. (laughs) It's an interesting skirmish that happened. You know, he violated someone, a lady came and she struck him and he felt humiliated. A few days later, he got struck with a deadly contagious disease that the Arabs would call the Adasa. It was a very deadly contagious disease. So on the seventh day, after a week after Badr, he died. Now because it was a highly contagious disease, see how Allah humiliates his, his enemies. Because it was a highly contagious disease, No one was willing to bury him because you don't want to get close to his body because you could contract that disease. Even his sons, his two sons, they didn't go and bury him. Now after three days, the stench coming from his body was so severe that people told his family, look, you got to do something. You can't just, uh, this is shameful. Everybody is smelling the stench coming from his house. Do something about it. You know how they buried him? Well, they, they basically created a ditch and then with long sticks they kept pushing his body until he fell in that hole and then from far away because you don't want to bury him too, they were scared they would contract the disease. From far away they threw rocks in the grave until it was covered. That was the fate of Abu Lahab, subhanallah. 
the very uncle. This is the uncle of the Prophet. Can you believe that? This is his, his direct uncle, his Am. But he stood against the Prophet and this was his fate. Who was the woman that it's, Her name is mentioned in history. Basically, when the Meccans left, a few people stayed. So he got into an argument with a man and he violated him. A lady came and she told him, Oh Abu Lahab, now that his master is gone, you feel so powerful and you violated him. And she basically struck him with an object. I don't know if that caused the disease or it, it had to do something with his death. Yeah. A, 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 woman, a woman just struck him and a week later he was dead. That's a humiliation. That's the yeah. biggest humiliation for the Arabs. Yeah, to be struck. And in fact, he didn't even defend himself when she struck him. He just, you know, kind of um, screamed in pain and he left the scene. It was very painful for him, the way that he was struck. <laughs> so this is Abu Lahab. By the way, there was one man who was about to stay. He did not want to leave, but he ended up leaving. Umayyah ibn Khalaf was one of the chiefs of Quraysh. Some reports, we have some hadiths that state Surat Humaza, Wailun Likulli Humazatin Lumaza, was revealed to condemn him and a number of others, such as Al Walid ibn Mughira. But there are hadiths that he was also included in that condemnation because he would mock the Prophet, he would make fun of the Prophet. And so Surat Humaza came to condemn him. Now, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, he was the owner of Bilal before he was freed. He was the owner of Bilal, Al-Habashi. And basically, one day someone tells Umayyah ibn Khalaf that you know your slave Bilal? He's embraced the religion of Islam. He's like, what? He's a supporter of Muhammad? This is shocking to me. So when he saw, Hilal, saw Bilal that day, he told him, Bilal, what I, those rumors, are they true? You believe in Muhammad? Bilal with firmness, he said, yes, I'm a soldier of Muhammad. And I'm in Junoodihi. I'm a soldier of Muhammad and I believe in this message. He tells him, I'll, I'll teach you a lesson. You know what he does to him? He tells him every type of physical torment and punishment I'll subject you to. The, the, the boulder on his chest, sleeping under the hot sun and burning on the hot sand, beating him, lashes, yeah, anything short of just killing him, Umayyah ibn Khalaf did to him. And then the Prophet some hadith you know, indicate he gave money to Abu Bakr and he told him go and you know free Bilal. So Umayyah ibn Khalaf was a vicious man. He would mock the Prophet, he would beat Bilal. Guess what happened to Umayyah ibn Khalaf? He attended the Battle of Bad. Guess who killed him at the Battle of Bad? Bilal. Bilal al-Habashi shot him, a fatal shot and he killed him. SubhanAllah, see how the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unfolds. That slave whom he humiliated all those days and tortured him, his death which took him to hell was at the hands of Bilal. Now Umayyah ibn Khalaf has an interesting story. He did not want to join the battle of Badr. Why? The reason is because Sa'd ibn Ma'adh was one of the companions, one of the Ansar. One of the companions of the Prophet, he was a very prominent, well-respected companion. He was friends with Umayyah ibn Khalaf since the days of Jahiliyyah. They had a friendship. So one day after the Prophet migrates to Medina, one day Sa'd ibn Ma'adh goes to Mecca and he's doing the Umrah. 
Because you know the, Med the people of Medina had some ties with the people of Mecca. So he went just to do the Umrah. He meets Umayyah ibn Khalaf in the Tawaf. Around the Kaaba he meets him. Abu Jahl also meets them. So now Umayyah ibn Khalaf, Sa'd ibn Ma'ad are doing the Tawaf. Abu Jahl walks in and he sees them together. Abu Jahl insults Sa'd ibn Ma'ad. He tells him, Ala araka tatufu aminan? Oh, you're here doing your tawaf in, in safety and we let you do your umrah? And you are the ones who gave refuge to these, uh, you know, subat, these kids. He's referring to the Muslims and the Prophet, you know, these immature kids. You gave them refuge in Medina and you pledged them support and you're helping them. I swear by Allah, if it weren't for you now with Umayyah ibn Khalaf, whose kunya was Abu Safwan, you would not go back to Medina alive. I would have killed you. But because you have friendship with Umayyah, I'll let you go. So he humili humili humiliated him. Sa'd got angry. He started yelling at Abu Jahl. He, he tells him, I swear by Allah, if you here will do any harm to me, we have monitored the trade routes and over there one day I'll deal a, a, a blow to you. So don't threaten me. We're also strong in Medina and we can stop your caravans and I could do and I could hurt you as well. Umayyah ibn Khalaf he did not like the fact that Sa'd ibn Ma'ad stood up to Abu Jahl and he looked at his friend Sa'd he told him why did you insult the Sayyid of Quraysh and Mecca or whatever like that? Abu Jahl was a leader in, in Mecca. He didn't like that. So he objected to his friend. At that point, you know what Sa'd ibn Ma'ad tells Umayyah ibn Khalaf? He tells him, Umayyah, basically he told him, you know, you, you be quiet. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi informed me that the Muslims will kill you. Umayyah ibn Khalaf asked him, he got scared. He told him, where am I going to get killed? In Mecca? He says, I don't know, but he told me you'll get killed. He starts shaking. Umayyah ibn Khalaf says, I swear by God, Muhammad never lies. And if that's what he told you, I'm concerned. So Umayyah, since that day, he was always in fear. When am I going to die? Which Muslim is going to kill me? What's going to happen? Which battle is this? Now when the Quraysh and the Meccans were mobilized to go and fight, he's like, I'm not going. Everybody left Mecca except Abu Lahab of course. He's like, I'm not going because I'm going to get killed. And his wife told him, don't go. You know Muhammad is truthful. You will get killed if you go. So he refused to go. Now the leaders of Mecca, they realized, you know, that's, that's a big deal. We need to have his support. He must join us. So you know what he did, what, what they did? He was sitting in Masjid al-Haram. They go, two men who had, you know, volunteered to go and fight the Prophet They approached him and they placed a tray of, I don't know what you call it in English. Basically, it was kind of uh, like a bukhur that the, uh, ladies would use as a type of you know perfume, mejmar or bukhur. In English, colorium, do you know what colorium is? 
or calirium. I don't know how do you pronounce it. Basically, it's something that women would use for ornaments and for decorations. They went and they put that before him. Let's say makeup. Let's just say makeup to get the idea. They went, they put a tray of makeup before him. They told him, oh Umayyah ibn Khalaf, you're sitting like the women are sitting behind. So you know what, we thought we'd give you some of, of this makeup so when we leave you can entertain yourself and have fun like the women do. Now if you say that to an Arab man in public, even if he knows he's gonna die in 10 minutes, his honor doesn't allow him to accept that insult. <laughs> His ego, yes, it's his ego, because honor is injustice, when it's an injustice, it's the ego, his ego couldn't allow that, he's like, you know what, okay, I'm getting up, I'm getting my sword, let's go out and fight. His wife came and begged him, she told him, Umayyah, you know Muhammad doesn't lie, don't go, I know you'll be killed, he's like, no, you know, his ego didn't let him, he got humiliated, he was likened to a woman who sits and cries and plays with her makeup. He couldn't accept that to himself, for himself. So Umayyah ibn Khalaf decides to go and well, his fate was that Bilal ended up killing him at the Battle of Bad. In any case, so all the Arab tribes, they were mobilized and they left. Now, when they left, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran, he basically describes how they left the city of Mecca. Uh, I think it's in Surah Al-Anfal where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ خَرَجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ بَطَرًا وَرِئَاءَ النَّاسِ Allah says, don't be like those who left their homes, you know, coming out exulting and desiring to be seen by others and strong and showing off. Because that's what the Meccans did. When they came out, their parade was like a show, they were dancing, they had people singing, they were drinking alcohol, just they, they were partying basically, subhanallah, just like the Jaysh of who in Karbala, the Jaysh of Ibn Ziyad under the leadership of Umar ibn Sa'd, on the night of Ashura what were they doing? Partying, drinking and the companions of Imam al-Husayn were supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they went in that state, as we said everyone left except Abu Lahab. Also the tribe of Adi ibn Ka'b, they also did not leave. They were just not convinced that this is the right thing to do. Even though they were not Muslim, but the tribe of Adi ibn Ka'b, they refused to join the Quraysh in fighting the Prophet Question here, did any members of Bani Hashim join this war? So Abu Lahab he stayed behind, he's from Bani Hashim, he stayed behind. <coughs> what about the others? Yes, Al-Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet, he came out. Aqil, according to some uh, narrations, he came out. Nawfal, the son of Al-Harith, he came out. And Talib ibn Abu Talib. Abu Talib, his eldest son was Talib, the older brother of Imam Ali Abu Talib, according to our sources, he was compelled to leave. He did not really want to leave. He was pretty much pushed and forced to leave. Now at the time they had not become Muslim. There are indications that Talib was a believer, we'll, we'll mention that. He believed in the message of the Prophet, but he was not open about it. And so did 
Aqil, I don't know if at that point he was a believer or not. He definitely became a believer. But at this point, I'm not sure if he was a believer or not. When it comes to Talib, yes. We do have evidence that he was a believer in the Prophet's message. Possibly the same with Aqil. Because see, Abu Talib, it seems that because he was low profile with him announcing the religion of Islam, maybe these two sons followed his path. You know, they remained genuine in their hearts towards Islam, but they did, they did not publicize it. This we are talking about the time of the brother. Yeah, this is Abu Talib, of course, had passed away here, but I'm just saying they may, maybe they continued the same tradition of their father, Abu Talib. Yeah, this is right before the Battle of Badr. So Talib comes out, but it seems he was under pressure. He did not. So he says lines of poetry that angered the Arabs and the Quraysh. He said something like praising the Prophet and then he said something which hints that, you know, I wish that Muhammad gains victory and we lose. Mm -hmm. So when he said something like that, they're like, how dare you something like that? Shame on you. And they pretty much kicked him out. So he came back to Mecca. So we do have sources indicating that he never attended the Battle of Bad. He never participated. He went back to Mecca. Now, how did he die? Some Sunni historians say he died on the path of Kufr. We reject that. We don't know exactly how Talib died because he did not live long after Badr. He did live after Badr, but not too long. He died in mysterious circumstances. Some of our researchers and scholars believe that the Meccans, when they came back from Badr and they were defeated and they had that exchange, they assassinated him. So he may have been assassinated by the Meccans. In any case, we have these sources that indicate these members of Bani Hashim, they went to Badr. So now what happens next? In our next class, we'll examine how Abu Sufyan managed to escape. So the Muslims who were camping by the well of Badr, they don't come into contact with the caravan of Abu Sufyan. He somehow go, he goes to the extreme coastal route and he avoids the confrontation with Muslims. Now when Abu Sufyan feels safe that we've made it and now I can safely go to Mecca, he sends word to the mushrikeen who were gathering at Badr, especially Abu Jahl. He told them, look, I made it safely, let's go back. Abu Sufyan did not want the battle, he really didn't. Because he knew that Allah supports the Prophet don't go to war with Muhammad. He knew that very well. Abu, Abu Sufyan was very smart. He was a staunch enemy of the Prophet, but he favored not going to war. So he sends word to Abu Jahl, okay, let's come back. You know, the, the ordeal is over. The reason why we mobilized you to come is to save us from the Muslims. Mission accomplished. I managed to escape that route and I'm making it safely to Mecca. Abu Jahl said no impossible. We will fight this man and those Muslims and we will eradicate them from the face of the planet. Finished. And we have 1,000 strong men with us who are fighting. We have 700 camels, 100 horses. I want all Arabs to see our might, the might of the Meccans. So this stays a lesson in history. Now most people stay with him. Bani Zuhra, the tribe of Bani Zuhra, they say no. We're not willing to you know participate in this battle and the reason why they did not participate 
One historian states their leader by the name of Al-Akhnas ibn Shuraiq, he was the leader of Bani Zuhra, basically he asked Abu Sufyan, is the Prophet Muhammad who's claiming to be a prophet, is he a liar? Or you don't know him to be a liar. Abu Sufyan tells Al-Akhnas, the leader of Bani Zuhra, he says, I swear he never lied in his life. I'll be honest with you, before Islam, we called him the Amin, the trustworthy. He never lied. However, we have rivalry with Bani Hashim. Before the religion of Islam, we had some virtues, they had some virtues. Now suddenly they have a prophet and we can't compete with that. Where are we going to get a prophet from? And he took all the spotlight from us and he took all the virtues. So that's why we're fighting him. Otherwise, he's not a liar. We really don't believe that he is a liar. He had heard Al-Akhnas that Muhammad has said that the leaders of Quraysh will be killed at Badr and the Muslims will, will achieve victory. He had heard that. So when Abu Sufyan, the enemy of the Prophet, confirmed to him that Muhammad is not a liar and he is truthful, he's like, you know what? I'm packing and leaving. I'm not taking a chance here. So he along with Banu Zuhra, they went back and they uh, did not participate in this battle. Now Banu Hashim, when they saw this, remember Banu Hashim when they came initially, like even Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet, their intent wasn't to fight the Prophet, their intent was just to save the caravan. Now Al-Abbas and others, they told Abu Jahl, wait a minute, this caravan is saved. We don't want to fight Muhammad, we want to go back. But Abu Jahl and the Muslims, they told him, no, you can't go back. It's a shame, it's a disgrace, you have to stay and fight and be part of this battle. And you know, basically they just submitted to that. So next we'll see exactly what happened. How did the uh, war start? The Prophet ﷺ, he tried as much as he can to avoid the battle because he wasn't there to kill them really. He wanted the Muslims to just reclaim their property, but Abu Jahl kept insisting. Many people, many people, they gave advice to Abu Jahl, avoid this battle, avoid this battle, but his ego was too big for that. We'll examine the actual events that happened at the Battle of Badr.